What is up, y'all? It is your girl, Scardi B, and I'm here with another episode of Sugar, We're Going In. Just last week, we were talking about Timbaland and Fall Out Boy's one and only, and I told y'all I had something in the tuck. I told y'all, and y'all were like, cap, cap, cap. Y'all, we have one, two, three-time platinum producer for Missy Elliott, Madonna, Rihanna, Tony Braxton, Jennifer Hudson. Yes. Justin Timberlake, Flo Rida, and if you're listening to this podcast, obviously, and you just listened to the last episode, Timbaland and Fall Out Boy, please help me welcome the often imitated, never duplicated, Hannon Lane. What's up, Hannon? <laughs> what the deal? What's going on? What's, what's popping? <laughs> Everything. What's popping is that, oh, bring, it, bring it all the way back to 2007, that's the land that yeah. we're in right now. Right, it's 2007. Ooh, that's a, that's Every, a good land. That's a good it, land to be in. Right everybody there. has has skinny jeans and emo bangs. Um, we right. have Tiger <laughs> out here and like bring me the Horizon shirts. Talk right. to me about who you are, what you do, and what was happening around 2007 for you. Well, I'm I'm Hannon Lane from Newport News, Virginia. Um, I'm a producer. Work with Tim Teddy Riley. I was up under Teddy Riley first, and then I um, ventured off to being up under Tim. And uh, messed around and did some pretty big things up under my man Tim, and eventually started working closely uh, with Missy Elliott. Um, I'm still working with her to this day. Something in the water done, over there. Y'all gonna have to buy it. Look, <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Pharrell won't lie when he says something in the water for sure. But I'm, um, I'm definitely loving what I do uh, musically, especially here in Virginia. Um, but you know, this is pretty much who I am, man. I just I'm a humble guy, you know. Was you know I see the podcast is is a big fallout boy situation. So I had the pleasure of meeting Pete Wentz and Andrew. They came to the studio, and before we got started, I remember when um we was in a booth and Tim had a bunch of instruments in there, and we just started just playing the instruments. Drew got on the drums, Pete got on some bongos, and I got on the keyboard. <laughs> we started doing a little live thing in in the booth, so that was pretty cool. Um, but, you know, that's pre pretty much who I am, man. I just love music. I'm a music guy, man. From I Blues. love that. A-art, some yeah. shit. Like, I really fucking love yeah. it. And again, like, the, the way this podcast, like, connects people, I'm just so excited to tell your story and tell the story of this song. Um, oh, as man. a producer, you are you are also just an artist, right? It's not just the electronic of it. It's the acoustic of it. Uh, tell me more about yeah. the, the instruments that excite you and what really was coming together during that, like, playtime uh, that y'all had. Well, during that time, Tim was working on a keyboard called the Nico. And mm. that Nico just excited me. He came to the he came to the studio with a spaceship case. <laughs> I, I said, the hell is that? Look like he got that from off of UFOs. And he pulled that thing out. I was like, I've never in my life seen anything like that in my life. And Daryl Pearson, I was with them in Miami when they was talking to the creators and the um, the manufacturers um, about the specs and, you know, what they put in it, the sounds and stuff, they were kind of trying to build it. Then to see it actually happen, and he walked in, I was like, whoa. So using like the, the Nico, huh? I said like the prototype of the prototype. <laughs> Yeah, the prototype, the prototype, and it was a Timberland uh, signature edition, and that keyboard really, really just seeing Tim use it and everything that was in it, I wanted one, so I ended up getting me one um, at a discount, a huge discount at the time, because that keyboard was about ten grand at the time, but I got it for like three and some change because I was Tim's producer, and I also used the ASR ten. 
I did Fallout Boys one and only using the ASR ten. I didn't have a Nico at that time. Um, but um before I got my Nico, I think it was later that year or in 08, I think it's when I got it. I can't remember when I got it. But um I did it on the ASR ten and I made it right at home. Then I took my ASR ten to the studio, set up and finished it there. Um I had to do some last minute tweets before before they came into town that day and uh, me and Tim was in the studio and uh Pete West was like man who who made this beat man that's crazy and you know Tim you know Tim was like you know me and him you know politics but other than that it was it was just a great experience to be there um Tim didn't have to put me there and I, I was just honored that he he chose me uh, to to do that, him and his engineer demo, who was uh, Nelly Furtado's uh, other half um, at the time, um, he uh, he put me on that on that project and I nailed it. It was just incredible to be be nailed, there to, to yeah. you know what I mean. Nailed it is it an was, understatement. Like this song on this album feels just so timeless. Like the the <laughs> shock value came out uh, 2007 um, yes. uh, around April 2007. And this was such an important time because it was just shy, just two months shy of like Fall Out Boy's sophomore album, Infinity on High, coming out where they worked with Jay-Z and Babyface. Right. What was the preparation like, not even about the song, but about what type of tone it was to bring someone like Fall Out Boy in? It's not a One Republic. It's not of the hives. Like these are dudes right. who are really actively working in this culture in hip hop. What was the homework like to bring this to life? Um, just studying rock music, and I actually worked with the Hives as well in Sweden. We was in Stockholm, and just being up on them and seeing how Tim would work with them and inspired me to do more rock rock music. I, I've been I've been producing rock music for some years. I just have a bunch of rock beats at the time. Um, I couldn't stop them because we didn't uh, we didn't have access to that that, that type of artist. Mm -hmm. Um, but but Tim put me with the hives and then later put me with Fallout Boy. So being with the hives and seeing how I work live in the rock with a rock band in the studio kind of you know made me um it kind of made me know kind of in a weird way how to like do it in a studio with with a you know with Fallout Boy. So it was it was a good it was Absolutely. incredible. Yeah, I mean, yep. it, it came out amazing. It's track 17 on this huge, huge magnum opus of an album. And Timbaland himself was, himself was like, yo, like, this is this plays out like a movie. And that goes all the way down to the Sling Blade reference that he made. Why Sling Blade? Why that, that, that you know, piece, those quotes of the song? Like, what was the idea there? Which which part which part of the song? Um, the end where he's uh, he's telling everybody to get the fuck out. Oh yeah, that was Petey Pablo. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yep. No, you're lying. Mm -mm. That's so crazy. Like, I mean, it makes sense, you know, North Carolina, everybody's represent. That's uh, you are absolutely blowing my mind. That is something new that I learned because I saw it and I was like, okay, like I love this reference, like I get it, and it's like. Which one is how how was how was it getting Petey on the track? Like, did he do it before? Was it after? Was it a cut from something else? Yeah, yes, it was, that was definitely because when I because when I heard it, I didn't know that they put Petey on there. 
Um, Neb, um, but when I, I just know Petey's voice, I, I know his voice anywhere, but that's definitely Petey Pablo doing that in part. That's fucking crazy. Okay, so I can say Petey Pablo's been on a Fall Out Boy song, and that makes me very, very happy. God damn. Are there yeah. any like verses or demos that like didn't make the cut when y'all were writing together? Like, what was that experience like? Uh, no, like they, um, Fall Out Boy came in the studio and they just, I mean, Pete just started writing to the beat right there on the spot. Um, then Tim went in, um, did his reference for his part and uh, we switched the beat up when Tim came in on his verse. But they, we did the record on, on the spot, like that day. How long did it take? Maybe a couple hours. Um, Damn. Yeah, but that's, the shit was done by the end of the night, though. God damn. I mean, Pete, Pete's prolific and it's just such a different writing style from him that it like everything's a metaphor. Everything is means something else. You know what I'm saying? So this is a very direct song. And to hear Patrick even sing this, like a Patrick barely drops F-bombs like that. And this song took every ratio of any time that he would say <laughs> drop an F-bomb in any other song. What, right. what was it like capturing Patrick's voice for that? A rock singer on this, you know, trapped out rock beat to like these very new lyrics. What was it like playing back and forth with Tim's voice and Patrick's voice? Man, that joint was crazy. Um, part of it, some of it, I wasn't there for. Um, I know Tim went in and did his thing because, you know, that's how we, that's how we work. I started, he'll finish it or he'll start and I finish it. But, um, I think I think Tim did his part. I think in Miami. I think if I'm not mistaken, but I think he did the reference. Well, well, he did he did the reference in Virginia Beach, but then he completed the song and mixed it. I think in Miami. But um, that's that's pretty much how that went. When I was there, anything that went on when I wasn't there, I'm 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 unaware of. No, totally. So, so what, what captured you while you were there? Like, what are some memories that you remember? What were some moments that happened? Um, well, we went, like I said earlier, when me and, when me and uh, Fallout Boy was in the, Pete, Pete and Andrew, we was in the booth and we was playing around with the instruments and was like making little, little beats together on, uh, on the instruments. i never forget that. And Andrew, and then when we was finished, we was in the uh, A room and Andrew was like playing with his little game and shit while Tim and uh, he had his little hand game. That was pretty cool. No, so that sounds was, about right. It's, it was Nintendo DS time and yeah, yeah that sounds about Andy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So he was playing with that. But yeah, but that's it's, that was it was a pretty dope experience to 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 have worked with Fallout Boy. That was that was that was pretty big. And you have some extra connections to Decay Dance because I don't know if you know at the time, but Pete Wentz has since 2004 has pretty bit much been trying to make his own like Young Money records. Like he <laughs> like Cash Money, Young Money, like he was really trying to put together this like conglomerate of like artists and treat it almost like a label. It was a label, but Travi was a part of that with Gym Class Heroes. And I know that you also worked with Travi and T-Pain yeah. on the manual. Can you talk to me about yeah. revisiting that? and how that came to be? Uh, well, that record was intended for, um, I made that record, for, I can't remember who I made that beat for, but some kind of way it ended up going to Trivy, and Trivy uh, ended up writing that record, uh, and they, uh, Atlanta got T-Pain on a, re a record, but the record was put out as a as a mixtape. It was on a mixtape first, mm. but the record, the record did so good on the mixtape, Atlanta said, oh, we got to put this out, so they shot a video for it. Um, it featured on 106 of Park and everything, so... 
So that's pretty much how that happened. We make it. How that came about. But it was just, a, it was, that record was just for a mixtape. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that that's a crazy collaboration just for a mixtape. Um, talk to me a little bit about being a producer in general. Things sound very different on the album versus live. What do you look for in creating a song? Is it the, is it how it's going to sound live first or is that the challenge later? What, what's priority for you as a producer? The, well, the priority for me as a producer is to produce the best sounding record I could possibly produce and bring the most out the artists. Yeah. That's important. Like you got to understand how to like, um, uh, like I was explaining this to this writer I just met, um, uh, not too long ago. Um, uh, I've been on her for some time and she's a beast. Her name, Alicia from Virginia. And I, and I, we had this conversation just yesterday about how to make, you know, what my job as a producer, you know, just uh, working with a good producer. Like we work with a, the right producer, you know, they, they bring out the best out the artists, you know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. my, that's my party. So as an artist whisper, like what are some like three, three, like, you know, steps or to do's to make an artist feel comfortable? Well, first you gotta get to know them. Like, if if you just sometimes you got alpha, alpha kind of mm-hmm. people where you know you you gotta know how to navigate them. You know what I'm saying? Not saying that you you can't be alpha too, but you gotta understand how to deal with those types of personality types. But I feel like the best way to navigate that is to just you know get to know them. Maybe go out, have a drink, you know, party together. You know, because when you have good chemistry, you make great music together. Mm-hmm. So I say, you know, connect with them first. Then two, talk about ideas, talk about melodies, vibe with them. And then the third part is just get to work. You and make work efficient, right? Make make it feel good. Make them feel welcome. Right. It's, it's vulnerable as fuck. I'm sure like you've gone to some studios where it's like, yo, it's Matt Clinical in here versus like yeah. a lived in studio. Uh, what are what are some like studio etiquette pieces that people don't usually take into consideration? Right. Yeah, I mean, it it, it be like that. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like I said earlier, like, you just got to know how to navigate. Yeah. How to navigate, man. Because if you don't know how to navigate those types of people, it's really not going to be comfortable in the studio with that person. So you're just going to end up letting them do what the hell they want to do, and you just fall back, and they be like, you know, hey, you, hey, you got it. Go ahead, you do it. You know what I'm saying? So it's about a collaborative effort. You know, you got to work together to make a record a dope record. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, speaking of collaboration, like shock value is one of the all time greats for all of that, having everybody and their mama from the scene um, on this track list. And again, this is a 19 or 18 um, uh, track album. Right. And it's, I just think that one and only, maybe I'm being biased and that's fine. It's just very different from all the other songs we think about, like, you know, the way I are, throw it on me, apologize. Like what was so special about this track? Like what really jumped out to you that, you know, you felt like, yes, it found its place in the album and this is going to be out. I think, I think um, when the beat switch up to that little trappy kind of urban type of cadence, I think that made it real cool when Tim came in and did his verse. Um, it kind of took it to a whole nother unexpected vibe. And it, it had even had, when I heard it for the first time, because I didn't hear what Tim did until after he mixed and mastered it and I heard it. And I, even I was blown away. I was like, oh. So it's um, a it, big it, song. A, it is a behemoth. Dope. Yeah, it's a dope record. Damn. 
there should have been a music video, right? So listen, so true story. That record, that record was about to be a single. Stop! But, yeah, I feel like but, I knew that, and I just need the confirmation because the world yeah. wasn't ready. It was about to be a single, but they couldn't get Fall Out Boy clear. Some about clearance. That's uh, with clearance, yeah. I mean, it just makes sense. Like everything was just happening in 2007. Like they were back to back and they had that Kanye remix they had that mega mix like they were dealing with so much but wow one and only as a single would obviously get a video what would be your ideal video for that song right yeah they was about yeah like I said man I was I was hurt but I wasn't too hurt because that following year I came out with rehab by Rihanna Come so, on. Up, but, God, um, God take it away, Fallout Boy. God give it Rihanna. Isn't that the saying or something? <laughs> right. 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 So, but yeah, so but like, but I was supposed to be uh, have a single with Fallout Boy, man. And I really wanted that. I really wanted that song because that song would have blew up. I agree. Was, I think it's uh, a huge song. So yeah, so what you're saying is that that the the that the book is still open. The the book of Hand and Lane and Fallout Boy is still very open. It's still open. It's still it's still it's still open. It's still you know not we kept in touch for some years, but then I lost lost touch with Andrew and, and Pete. Yep. It's so. okay. He, they're gonna listen to this podcast one day and they're gonna be like, okay, we gotta hit Hand and back up. I'm just I I just gotta stay delusional because that's really how I can get through this. <laughs> right right so i just i'm just putting out a call to action to hit him up yo hannon leave us off with you know some some words of encouragement to our budding artists our aspiring producers our black and brown people and artists right. that are listening to this like trying to break into this scene that kind of feels like you got to pick a side what do you have to say about that what 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 advice do you have for them I would say, man, don't pick a side because music don't have sides. Music mm. is universal. It's a, music is a universal language that everybody understands, no matter what color, race, or creed you are. Just make music because music is it heals, and just make music because you love to make music, man. I think that that's the biggest um, that's the biggest thing for me. Just do it. Don't do it because oh yeah, I want to be famous or I want I want to make money. If you do it because you love it, the money will come. But you just got to love what you're doing. So just do it because you love to do it. That's my advice. Hannon, and we can completely tell all the love because the the amount of passion and love that you have for even talking about this track, even coming on here, is palpable. So thank you so, so much for joining us. And I got to ask you, I ask all my guests this. Can you give me like a mouth air horn real quick? A little... Bah, 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 bah. Ooh, ooh, that's a good one. Ooh, ooh, okay, okay. Uh, I'll practice next time because you really got oh, me with that one. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Hannon, thank you so, so much. I hope you have an amazing day. Um, Yo, yes. for Sugar, we're going in. We just went the fuck in with Hannon Lane, three-time hey. platinum producer, right, co-writer and co-producer of one and only Timbaland feature Folly Boy. Get it That's together, right. y'all. Thank you so, so much, Hannon. I really, really appreciate so, you. We got to make sure we keep in touch. We stay locked now forever. That, you know, no, it's no, it's in, baby. We the K-Dance family for life. Like, there's That's just right. no turning back. I appreciate you so, so much. No doubt. Yeah, make sure y'all follow me too. Hand and Lane, H A N N O N L A E. Yes. Anywhere else they can Instagram. find you, Instagram, Hand and Lane. Facebook, Instagram, you know, all, all the platforms. 
I love it. Well, Hannah, and I know a lot of people who are going to, you know, look forward to keeping in touch with you. So thank you so, so much. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. Okay. All right. You too. Thank you. Bye.